Welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Willow, season one nerd out. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Wild yet elusive Jekka. Hello. The rambunctious Bob. And Burn, Brady Burn. That diggity dog. I hit the button too soon. <laughs> oh well. Hey, we got all sorts of cool stuff to talk about. Obviously, we're talking Willow later. We're going to be talking about Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania's most recent trailer. We've got. Patrick Stewart talking about Star Trek Picard Season 3. We've got uh, Stranger Things actress Sadie Sink saying the final season's very scary and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to be saying. Plus 10 Nerd XP to We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start nerding out with us and earn X nerd XP. <laughs> nerd XP. <laughs> but in the meantime, Jacob, what's nerdy with you? <laughs> so that was really funny this now. <laughs> um, anyways, so I've been binge rewatching Doctor Who because stress levels are through the roof and it's humbling mm. and soothing to me. Yes. And it was Friday night. I got to the 50th anniversary special day of the doctor, which is when they so were good tenant. Yeah. So, and, and like up until now, you know, like doctor who has been something that I've been watching while I'm like doing other things. But this one, I was just like, I silenced my phone. I got popcorn. I got all cozy and I turned off the lights and I watched it. And I was just like, ah, just as good as all the other times I watched it. Like, I love that. I love that special. It's so oh, good. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Yeah, it was fantastic for sure. And I'm like really excited because the 60th anniversary special is this year in November. So I'm like really excited for that. Wow, 60 years. That's yeah, insane. 60 yes, years. Yes, it is. Very, very much insane. Very much. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you, man? Not much. Just been busy. Just been busy. Went and picked up a gun to model with the kid today and, uh, he man, he just throws those things together. Uh, I had a D and D game Wednesday night. Um, my uh, grave domain cleric is uh, is doing pretty well. Oh, and I actually got a shout out from someone. I was just walking down the street, and somebody said, "Hey, I'm loving the podcast." So, really? No, actually, it was one of the scouts. At <laughs> well, who's that individual? Oh, that's Tyler. So, hi, Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Tyler. Uh, hi, Tyler's Tyler. been listening, and he uh, he really digs it. He's into a lot of video games, a lot of the same stuff nice. we watch. And he said he's been listening. So, thank you, Tyler. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just been a busy week, real busy week. You're the man, Tyler. Keep it up. Plus, plus 10 Nerd Expedia. Yeah, that's there true. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, just uh, out of curiosity, is your son into Gundam Wing? Uh, well, he's he started reading like I, I i don't know i know nothing about it but he started reading a little bit of the like some of the gundam books yeah and then uh he has um put together some of the models we'll go buy the models um yeah 
like that's his second one. And then, you know, they have a, a plastic model builders build night at the local hobby shop here, uh, the first and third Saturdays of every month. And so that's where we got the Warhammer stuff. And we're getting like next, next Saturday. Did I say Sunday? I meant Saturday. Um, next Saturday I'll be doing some painting on the Warhammer stuff and I, I'll probably pick him up another Gundam model to put together with some of the other model builders builders there. Cause it's like, I mean, it's a legit like model building, you know, club. Like these are like mm-hmm. not just youth, but also, you know, grown people sitting there and they're all around these tables and they're putting together models and just talking and stuff. And it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a good environment. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's starting to get into it. So. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So we got our basement, um, half our basement cleaned up so we could do Dungeons and Dragons in our basement. And yeah, we have have a dedicated board game D&D area now. It's pretty nice. Nice. So we had the kids down, brought a friend over and played D&D. And we've been playing this campaign for a while and I haven't been paying attention. I just, I add the XP when Austin tells me I've earned XP, but I don't pay attention of when I'm supposed to be leveling up. I haven't been. Okay. All right. I'm freely admitting I wasn't paying attention. I think I know where you're going. (laughs) So Austin has also like had no downtime in our campaign. We just go from event to event to event (laughs) and no rest between events. Part of that is because, you know, we we don't play super consistently because of, you know, work and school and all sorts of stuff. But so our characters, <laughs> we go from a battle on this bridge from last like it, it happened like two, three months ago that we did this. And so our characters still are down health. We never leveled that. We didn't level up. Um to even fifth level, which was where we were supposed to be at. So I'm all like third level. And Austin's like, okay, you're all going to go find a fight, a young dragon. Now the other fighter has four XP, like four hit points, four hit points. Um, um, our wizard has 10 hit points. (laughs) And he's like, go defend this town from this dragon. (laughs) That is the stuff of D&D right there. So then he kills our wizard and I'm, I basically guilt him after he kills our 10 year old character who's our wizard because he hasn't let it like our wizard didn't have rest to get new spells. So he, he sends our wizard in with no spells prepped on 10 hit points. <laughs> So we finally the dragon go like leaves. We don't actually kill the dragon, but <laughs> Austin's like kind of wrapping up the campaign, and I'm all guilting him, going, "And there's a resurrection scroll in there, isn't there? <laughs> there's gonna be a resurrection scroll." <laughs> and and she's very very heavily pointing out, you know, this is like our. Fourth battle in a you know in from, a row with from, from no all these, from all these various adventures over the course of like you know three four months <laughs> and don't got no XP or don't got no we, hit points we, no spells don't got no spells 
he was constantly using acid splash. That was the only thing he could do because that was a cantrip (laughs) against a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept kept missing, too, which was unfortunate. I I will point out that Austin's favorite Star Wars character is the Emperor. And so if you're looking for any sort of indicator as to what type of DM you might be getting with him, there are there's certain characteristics you can look toward, too. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. The best part, though, the best part, though, is I like the kids are all, like, listening to this, and they're not understanding the undertones of why we're getting a resurrection scroll. And they're like, oh, we can get another resurrection scroll and resurrect this other person. And I'm just like, um, no. That's not going to happen. That's for you. This was a special circumstance. (laughs) That's just evil, Austin. (laughs) Okay. It's not like they didn't have. Uh, no, no, I've given them. I've, I've given them like two hundred some magical items, and they never use them. Even at the beginning of the campaign, I was like, "Dude, you've got." I, I can't remember what it is. It's like this cloak that has all these magical patches, and they can take a patch off and they turn it into a, a magical item. And I That's made cool. him use every yeah, yeah. item. So, so I, they've got that. That could be used, and they like almost never use it. And so, and he still feels like he used way too much of his items. <laughs> my cleric has a cloak of many things and used it in the last in the last session we played on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I'm glad to have done it. We haven't done it in a while. I, w- I wish my schedule and timing uh, in life would allow me to do it more, but such is being uh, an adult. Uh, and that. with yeah, and with that. We got a lot in our news to talk about, so let's get into it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, the first full trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has been released. That's right, the first full trailer has been released from Marvel Studios, and it looks like it is going to deliver uh, something pretty epic. And, in a big way, introduced to the big screen, the Phase 5 main villain in Kang the Conqueror. So when talking about Kang the Conqueror, director Peyton Reed explained that the villain is apparently trapped in the quantum realm, and he wants Ant-Man to help him escape. He then went on to discuss that the profound impact that Kang will have on the MCU, quote, I think it has a profound impact on the MCU. Jeff Loveness, who wrote Quantumania, is also writing the Kang Dynasty as well. So there's been a lot of discussion about the impact that this appearance of Kang the Conqueror makes. There are big things in store, end quote. Now, viewers of Loki know that this isn't the first time Marvel fans are seeing Kang the Conqueror because he was in that TV show. But this is the first time he's going to be on the big screen. And apparently this version will be different from what we saw in Loki. Because according to uh, Peyton Reed, quote, he's someone who has dominion over time and he's a warrior and a strategist. This version will be very different, end quote. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania officially kicks off Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and will hit theaters 
February 17th, 2023, right around the corner. Let's take a listen to the trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Here we go. Maybe. <laughs> what <did> I... <laughs> All right, there we go. You're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You're an Avenger. You have a daughter. But you've lost a lot of time, like me. We can help each other with that. Who are you? I'm the man who can give you the one thing you want. What's that? Time. It can rewrite existence and shatter timelines. You cannot trust him. I don't care who this guy is. I just lost so much. He can give us a second chance. Let me make this easy for you. You will bring me what I need. Or everything you call a life will end. not want her to watch this. We had a deal. You thought you could win. I don't have to win. We both just have to lose. I'm sorry, Cassie. Oh man, how good does that look? Yeah, pretty epic. <laughs> you know this. Uh, I, I, this is one I plan on seeing in the theater, and I, I'm going to see the Kang movie. I'm not. I'm not going to see. <laughs> I'm. I'm not going to see Ant Man. As much as I love Paul Rudd, Jonathan Majors is just. I mean, he's just such a phenomenal actor. I, I watched him in one show, and then immediately went and watched all three seasons of another show he was in because he's just so insanely good at everything he does and seeing him in this and uh um seeing some of that kang rage you know we didn't we didn't see that in loki and he's got such a a low simmer um it's almost like a command the way he plays it he's he's very commanding but subtle in the way he does it you know there's there's that one person that can walk in a room never raise their voice and they can hold the room that's kind of how he's playing that and um i expect ant-man to suffer some real loss in this and set up um set up some real tragedy um for when kang is faced i'm sure later in the uh Later, I mean, Kang's not going to be defeated in this movie. There's going yeah. to be a, uh, they're going to have to push him, and that storyline's got to carry. And I am mm-hmm. excited. I haven't been this excited to see a Marvel movie in a long time, and that's all 
100% um, Jonathan Majors. You know, I actually uh, actually very much agree. Um, just because of uh, how Kane, this is setting up for uh, the next Avengers style movie. Mm-hmm. What we're uh, what we're actually going to see is the start of the villain. Yeah. Um, but we're not what we're not going to see is um, a trash can villain like I like most of what Marvel says. It's like, hey, here's a bad guy. Let's throw him in the trash. Yeah. Except for Abomination, because we all love Abomination. Um, <laughs> hey, I liked I liked the uh, She-Hulk. I'm just gonna get out there and say that, but that's just not fun. Um, I I'm really excited to see this movie, very much so, um, because uh, honestly, it doesn't. Or the trailers don't feel as forced as um, Doctor Strange or. Um, any of the other ones did from the previous phase, with the exception of Spider-Man, because, yay. Yeah, the uh, introduction of Kang, I think, is really what the MCU in the movies have needed. Phase four kind of bumbled around, bouncing around, and you're kind of saying, like, I don't really know what's going on in the MCU overall. Like, they needed that Thanos-like plot line to kind of unify things around. Um, And so, yeah introducing the main villain for phase five is going to be pretty epic. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, all right, moving on. Matt Reeves is giving an update on the Batman sequel. So with all the changes to the DC studio lineup of films via James Gunn's uh, CEO ship, one thing that they did not touch was the live action Batman projects that are being developed by Matt Reeves. Now Reeves, is offering an update on his sequel to The Batman. And during a recent interview with Comic Book, he said, quote, I mean, I can't give an update on that in terms of specifics, except to tell you that we are hard at work on the script. My partner and I are deep in it, and I'm excited about what we're going to do. But there's actually a whole little fabric of things we're wanting to do. The way we're doing the Penguin series and how that comes back into it and how that will lead into the movie sequel and what that sequel is going to be doing. There are some other things we have planned too. The Batverse of what we're doing has me very, very excited and I'm very passionate about it. So I'm excited, end quote. Well, I I hope it goes forward what with dc like doing all their stuff to try to like align their movies to be more like the mcu um because i i remember really liking the batman just because Mm -hmm. it was such a different i just liked how much darker it was and the different take on it um and like i want to see what they're gonna bust out in the sequel um so i'm trying to remember the movie it's been so that was last year wasn't it yeah Wow. Ugh, already forgetting. So, I'm going to share with you um, something about an interview that I read um, that Matt Reeves had done. And in it, I, I really thought this was an interesting take is he said that he's not going to follow the same mistake that the Dark Knight did. Where Batman becomes overshadowed by the villain. Oh, and that all the previous Batmans, the villains have, be, have the, by the second movie, they start to overshadow mm-hmm. Batman. That is true. And 
Well, it, th- what it is is the emotional core needs to remain Bruce Wayne. That's what Matt, Matt Reeves said. Yeah, and, that's true. And that doesn't happen. It, that hasn't happened in previous Batman sequels. Because you start to go to the emotions of the villains and they become more central and the city becomes more central. And so he has said that the sequel, that Bruce Wayne will remain the emotional core of um, the sequel. Yeah, I've read that too. I, uh, I, I'm wondering if James Gunn is actually going to utilize Matt Reeves, the Batman as the new DCU Batman. Uh, Where I have Ben Affleck for that. Well, I think they're moving away from that. Uh, anyways, but I mean, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, nobody really knows anything yet with James Gunn's shakeups. I guess my my only thought would be it'd be interesting if the Batman was really the first DCU film because the Batman was separated from the DCEU that Zack Snyder had set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about that when it came out. So I don't know. Pr- pretty interesting. Uh, I I am looking forward to the Penguin series. Uh, it is interesting how that's going to lead directly and tie into the sequel. Uh, but I hope it, I hope it leads... You know, the, the one thing I'm noticing about all these film and TV crossovers is that the TV show uh, is not really required. And I understand why they do that from a business sense, but it kind of makes the TV show bland. And uh, and I, I would like more substance that leads into uh, impacting the, the movies overall. I uh, introduced Peacemaker as evidence that the shows are not bland. Well, not... <laughs> Yes, not not bland. No, 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 from that point of view, but bland from it doesn't really contribute to the overarching story they're trying to say, and and okay. that's, and that's what I want to see. It's kind of like the Defenders series on Netflix, where you're like, man, like this is part of the MCU, but then it doesn't really connect with or uh, Agents of Shield back in the day, you know. Well, Agents of Shield was connecting with the MCU, and then they stopped doing it because, like, the first and second, or the first season especially was chock full of that like i still love the first season of of agents of shield because of what happened in uh the captain america movie where you find out that um shield was really hydra Mm -hmm. like that when when that affected agents of shield that was awesome that was the best all right moving on though patrick stewart talks star trek picard season three and returning characters so One of the most exciting aspects of Star Trek Picard Season 3 is the fact that it's going to reunite Jean-Luc Picard with his USS Enterprise crew from The Next Generation. And in a recent interview with TV Insider, Patrick Stewart teased what we can expect. He explains Picard and Crusher haven't seen each other in a long time, and apparently she has a surprise for him. Quote, he felt abandoned by Crusher. She just disappeared out of his life. He adored her, and that was never resolved. But she has a surprise when she appears that thrills and then enrages him. Please say not a baby. Please say You are the father. (laughs) That's what it's sounding like. As as for Worf, according to Stuart, 
He has a new outlook on life that involves practicing pacifism and how his new personality is delightful. Quote, the change to his personality is one of the most delightful things this season. He becomes increasingly complex, where in Next Generation, you always knew what gruff response you'd get from him, get from him end quote. Stewart does go on to say that this final season of the series brings closure to the crew's saga for both the cast and the fans. Now, with that said, strangely, in another recent interview with Deadline, Stewart then went on to say, quote, there is still enormous potential for matters in what we can do, and there are doors left open, and we didn't close them all. Then showrunner Alex Kurtzman, who was also present for the interview, went on to say, quote, that anything is possible if the show blows the doors off the place, and we certainly hope it will, as we're very proud of the season three, who knows, end quote. Star Trek Picard season three premieres on Paramount Plus February 16th. So it feels kind of like a little bit of a bait and switch here that we're getting where they're like, the last season of Picard, last season of Picard. Well, maybe not. And there might be a There's going to be enough Picard child, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It definitely sounds like he's got a kiddo with Crusher. Uh, what... What what's the equivalent of Mori Povich in like the uh, 28th century, whatever? <laughs> Q will come back and tell. Oh yes, <laughs> I, I really really want to see Q come in with the "You are the father." Oh boy. Um, yeah. So so if they are leaving doors open, to me it sounds like. Would we get would we get like a Wharf spinoff, or would we get like a Next Generation member spinoff show? Maybe this will be an entire season of Soft Pilots. <laughs> I hope not, mm. but it probably will. Yeah, and that will put such a damper on Picard. <laughs> well, just remember, this is the last season of Picard, but it could be the next the next season following. Could be Crusher, uh-huh. or it could be Worf, or maybe we'll have a Riker series <laughs> where he's on like the Riker. USS Titan, and we get Boiler in there. Boiler, Boiler. yes, and we get him in there. I'd be all for that. <laughs> Boiler and Riker, yes, I'm, yes. I'm all for it. I'm signed up with Mariner. <laughs> I'd be all for that. Worf is a pacifist. I don't even, that doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, I'm going to withhold judgment till we see what they've done with it. Maybe he's going to be like always brooding and have some anger just under the surface, but he's like, um, maybe he chops um, someone head off, (laughs) chops someone's heads off. And he's like, Oh, okay. I need to fix this. I don't know. All right, let's move on. Stranger Things actress Sadie Sink Sadie. 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 Not Sink. sad. <laughs> She's not a sad sink. <laughs> Sadie Sink says the final season of Stranger Things is very scary and very emotional. So Netflix's biggest hit series, Stranger Things, is heading towards its fifth and final season with fans anxiously awaiting the story's conclusion, and it stars 
moving slowly and sadly towards the end of this project. And in a recent interview on Today, Stranger Things star Sadie. 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 Not I'm like a, we're going to have to go. It's Bob, not Bob. <laughs> Then she spells her own name wrong. It's, there's like her no name way. is just not not phonetically correct. Yeah, exactly. Okay, not that phonetically correct. That is how I've correct. always seen Sadie spelled. Yeah, but Excuse technically me. by the phonetics rules, I've never seen the name Sadie before. This is like my first time seeing. This is the only Sadie I've ever heard of in my life. Anyways, what Sadie Sink? This is what she revealed. Quote: It's going to be emotional. I'm sure it's going to be awful. It's going to be horrible. These kids. This entire Cast and crew, this is like, I mean, it's family. People say it all the time, but I genuinely mean it. And to think that we have to kind of say goodbye to that security and knowing that we won't be seeing each other for another season, it's scary and sad. But I think it's exciting to move on to the next chapter. But this final season will be very scary and emotionally impactful, end quote. Season five of Stranger Things doesn't have a release date yet, but will consist of eight episodes and should wrap up sometime in 2024, expectedly. Okay, can we double the episodes and cut the episode length, please? No, keep them as they are. I disagree with that statement. <laughs> you can still binge them at 16 episodes. No, but I, I can an hour and a half. But I can then, at 45 minutes, tell my kids to go to bed. What does, no. what, do you get, what do you get out of an hour and a half episode uh, versus... Uh, two 45-minute episodes. Yeah, two 45-minute episodes. No interruptions. Is there really that big of an interruption when Netflix just binges you to the next episode? <laughs> yes. I like the longer episodes myself. I they 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 put me off. I have I have, I am less likely to watch. Because here's the thing: the thing about episodes is they're like a chapter in a book. So the way they have it set up is that you know I mean they even do it like chapter one kind of thing, and so like that's how you treat an episode is it's like a chapter. And so if you take that and cut it in half, that's like taking a chapter in a book and cutting it in half. There's like there are ways they yeah. can set that up to have the smaller chapters though if it's edited correctly. And I'm just going to point out basically it's like eight Disney movies all scrunched together. Wonderful, isn't it? Yes, that's what we love about it. <laughs> so what now, do we think about the actual news here? <laughs> Um, I think every everybody except for Mike's little sister is going to die. There we go. That's what I get out of it. <laughs> they're going to die saving the world? Yes, they're going to die saving the world. But no, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I'm holding off rewatching Stranger Things. Just because, like, or, I mean, I'll probably rewatch it again around Halloween this year. But yeah, I'm just like... I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to where they take it. And getting my heart broken again. Uh, do we have a release date? It. Is it like 2030? No. Or? They haven't even no started filming. Date. Like This this is just Sadie Sink talking about it. Mm. It's not really any new information. It'll be very scary and emotionally impactful. Well, she says that because she hasn't looked at the script yet. So she can say whatever she thinks is going to be happening. She's probably looked at the script. No, they, they, they've got outlines written up. 
So, <laughs> anyways, let's move on. Dungeons and Dragons fans have been in an uproar recently over possible open game license changes. So Dungeons and Dragons publisher Wizards of the Coast has been receiving some intense backlash from fans recently regarding some controversial changes to their open game license that was leaked to the public recently. Now, if you don't know what this means, the open game license or OGL gave fans the opportunity to create and distribute their own created content for D&D without legal ramifications by the company. That's how the world got fan-made D&D streaming services like like Critical Role and so on. So the new OGL that was leaked uh, would require content creators to give Wizards of the Coast up to 25% of their revenue and had confusing wording in the form of license back that fans believed would give Wizards of the Coast the rights to take away and control the content created by fans. So naturally, this put fans in an uproar, and many started to to delete their D&D Beyond subscriptions as a response. Well, Wizards of the Coast has now made an official statement regarding the situation and said, quote, it's clear from the reaction that we rolled a one, end quote. But to summarize the statement, Wizards of the Coast acknowledged that what was leaked was only a draft and that their team wants to be good stewards of the game. In fact, the open game license draft was actually provided to some third-party content creators and publishers so Wizards of the Coast could get their feedback before anything was finalized. The statement also lays out that the reason for this new open game license was needed is because Wizards of the Coast has plans to expand Dungeons & Dragons in popular culture. Quote, as we continue to invest in the game that we love and move forward with partnerships in film, television, and digital games, that risk is simply too great to ignore. The new OGL will contain provisions to address that risk, but we will do it without a license back and without suggesting we have rights to the content you create. Your ideas and imagination are what make this game special and that belongs to you. Our plan was always to solicit the input of our community before any update to the OGL. The drafts you've seen were attempting to do just that. We want to always delight fans and create experiences together that everyone loves. We realized we did not do that this time, and we are sorry for that. Our goal was to get exactly the type of feedback on which provisions worked and which did not, which we ultimately got from you. Thank you for caring enough to let us know what works and what doesn't, what you need and what scares you. Without knowing that, we can't do our part to make the new OGL match our principles. Finally, we'd appreciate the chance to make this right. We love D&D's devoted players and the creators who take them on so many incredible adventures. We won't let you down, end quote. Bob, what do you think of all this? Uh, well, you know what? It's worth noting that um, they did they did make a similar change uh, back with D and D four point uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we all know how uh, contentious uh, fans were with four and the changes that were made there. So they reverted back to the original one uh, license. It was a completely different license set from the the open gaming license that they had. It was uh, GPL or something like that. I don't remember what the acronym was. Um, 
the thing that to understand here, if I want to draw your attention to this, is that it severely limits what people can do um, on their own before they have to ask for permission, and it perpetually grants licensure to uh, it perpetually grants licensure to Wizards of the Coast. That's that's not necessarily a good thing because content creators are then not going to be able to build things on their own and retain the license for that stuff. As far as I understand it. Now keep in mind, I'm not a lawyer. Um, this is the kind of thing that you see in a lot of, uh, in a lot of major studios uh, in gaming where They'll start off as an indie studio. They'll get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Then they'll get eaten up by the likes of Activision or EA. And all of a sudden, everything becomes restrictive. Very, very restrictive. So instead of getting games like, um, I don't know, Knights of the Old Republic, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get games like... Um, What's that uh, that recent one, uh, Battlefront? Yeah. That remake of Battlefront. So, and go ahead. One of the things I've been actually enjoying is that listening to actual lawyers um, discuss the OGL and how really the OGL is to kind of still give D&D some control because technically most of the things that people use to create more content actually only uses the rule system and the rule system cannot be copyrighted or trademarked. And so a lot of people think, Oh, they're changing this. This is so terrible. Technically you still don't have to, as long as you're just using the rules outline, the the um i'm trying to think of how to how they worded it but as long as you're just using just the basic setup and never actually referencing dungeons and dragons you're fine and you don't have to well they did they did they did say uh you can mention something along the lines of this material is compatible with dungeons and dragons but you can't necessarily say this is made for dungeons and dragons yeah kind of like uh lego bricks and the spin-off brands those <laughs> Yeah, kind of. So. You could say it's a, it's a Lego compatible mini brick, but yeah. yeah. In, in all honesty, I uh, this doesn't really worry me at all. There's a lot of people that are freaking out on the internet. Maybe they create a lot of stuff and they're trying to make money off of it, but I'm not. I'm just a player and I enjoy it. And and I'm all for more official D and D stuff, especially if they're going to dramatically expand it in movies and television, which they're in the process of doing. We've always had some. We've always had D and D official like video games and things like that. But uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I wonder if they're trying to uh, retain a little more control so that way they don't end up uh, with D and D movies and TV like the stuff that came out in the late nineties and early two thousands, which was complete and utter trash. So and, uh, and Austin, you hit on a really good point. It really is a delicate balance. I mean, if they're too loose with their licensing, you end up with the Star Wars expanded universe. If they're too tight with licensing, then you end up with um, 
only stuff that comes out of uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So having that happy balance, so you can, uh, so they can still make content, they can still make modules, they can still make, uh, you know, fun alterations to the rules and whatnot, and still, and Wizards to still be able to profit off of this, while at the same time providing that quality content, it it really is a delicate balance, and that's something that uh, time will see if this is going to really affect it that much. Is the vast majority of stuff that people create for D and D. Let's be honest. No, most people don't make money off the stuff they make for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the uh, thing, uh, the leaked document basically said that uh, they only they only expect some sort of kickback after you make like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which is uh, a tremendous amount of money to make on uh, you know D and D. So, anyways, let's move that on. You have a legitimate business. Exactly. Let's move exactly. On. Let's move on. Legendary film composer John Williams, who is ninety years old, is not retiring after all. Apparently. Yay! So, uh, John Williams, the legendary composer of films like Jaws, E.T., Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and so many more, was in attendance for the American Cinema Thequa. How would you even say that? <laughs> Cinema 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 Q. Cinema, I don't know. Anyways, American Cinema Celebration. <laughs> At the Writers Guild of America Theater in Beverly Hills, which was celebrating John Williams and director Steven Spielberg's 50-year collaboration. They were celebrating that. And the most recent collaboration between the two is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And prior to that, Williams had been thinking about his possible retirement, even announcing that this was going to be his last film. But when Spielberg uh, approached him for Indiana Jones Five, Williams obviously had to had to join in, and he said, "Quote: Steven is a lot of things. He's a director. He's a producer. He's a studio head. He's a writer. He's a philanthropist. Philanthropist. Thank you. He's an educator. One thing he isn't is a man you can say no to." He then added, "So I've got." 10 more years to go. I'll stick around for a while. You can't retire from music. It's like breathing. It's it's your life. It's my life. A day without music is a mistake. End quote. Well, apparently, Steven Spielberg appeared to be shocked by what Williams said and then replied, quote, well, I better get to work to find out, uh, <laughs> found out what I'm doing next. I'm, so. I, I'm excited to hear that there will be more John Williams music. I absolutely love, love the music he creates. And as we're going to be heading into Willow, they really, really miss the opportunity of trying to get some John Williams music. Well, James Horner did Willow. I'm not saying he oh, didn't. that's right. I'm yeah. just saying like the yeah. series could have used James Horner, John Williams. Uh, yeah. They, they need more music. Like that, more John Williams music, more James Horner music. And so I'm excited to hear that he will be making more music. Mm. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, absolutely. More, I mean, uh, he's getting up there in age. Uh, 90s, nothing to, you know, 
you know, sh- shake at. I mean, that's quite the accomplishment by itself. But yeah, to be working and making music at 90 after you've been doing it your whole years, I could understand why it'd be hard to retire. So anyways, I think it's time to talk some Willow. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event, Willow, Season 1, Nerd Out! You think you know what is real and what isn't. What is light? What is dark? Now, forget all you know. Come with me. Willow. We're looking for the sorcerer, Willow. I was told that once long ago you defeated the forces of evil. You remind me of your mother. My dear friend, I thought I could prevent all this. I was wrong. My brother was abducted. The world needs you again. It needs your magic. Follow me. We must go beyond the edge of our world. Into the unknown. Willow! I need your help. Just like old times. Running. Horses. Damn. Damn. Happy to see me. Our true enemy is still out there. Rallying the forces of evil. And the only thing standing in its path is us. I'm going to enjoy this. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, so am I. I doubt that very much. Take him to my tent and make sure he's tied up. I don't know. See, that kind of sounds like we're on the same page. When I was a kid, I used to play at being a sorcerer. Visiting strange worlds, fighting monsters. Never thought I'd actually really do it. What the hell is that? Trolls. I'm so miffed. We have to hurry. Same as last time. With my friends. She wants to talk about why she liked Willow so much. But she has to get away to go read her book. Oh, okay, you can talk about Willow, and then and then you can talk about your book for a real quick. Oh my word! Come here. She's <laughs> reading Keeper of the Lost Cities, and she loves it, and okay. she thinks everyone should we read are, it. We already Amazing. mentioned we mentioned your book. Now come on over here for a second. Uh, okay. okay, from over there. Why did you like Willow, Allison? You can't whisper. Come on, talk about it. Quit being. You like the story? Why was it great? Come here. I like drama. You like drama. What? 
Okay. What drama <laughs> did you like? The drama okay, reminded you of your book. All right, get out of here. <laughs> Boy, that's the most physical exercise I've had during a podcast. I had, to, like, what you guys don't realize, although you heard it by accident during the trailer, is I was trying to wrestle my daughter to try to get her to talk on the podcast for a bit about Willow and why she liked it. It was Ooh. very entertaining on my end. <laughs> I'm a, I have to admit, I'm a little hot and sweaty now. I kind of want to take <laughs> off my uh, my hoodie I'm wearing. Oh, well. So, honestly, the basic storyline, like, the just the basic plot was really, really good. Um, The well, Shattered t- Sea... Wait, wait. Blows yeah, my mind. Tell me what the basic plot was. The basic plot is we have Alora Dannon has been hid away in the castle as a kitchen maid. Yeah. She's so that way um, the forces of evil cannot find her. Okay. The crone's minions can't find her because the crone is the one who had Bab Morda try and send off Alora Dannon to yeah. never be reborn again. Okay. okay. Continue. So. We have this group going out to Willow because the crone has attacked Tira's lean and taken Sorsha and Mad Mardigan's son while leaving their daughter, Kit. So Kit travels with a group to go get Willow. While Alora Dannon, the kitchen maid, has fallen in love with the prince yeah. who was kidnapped and chases after them so she can rescue her one true love. Okay. Um, and so they, they travel, they collect Willow and, and it's in that moment that we find out the kitchen maid is Laura Dannon. Yes. In that moment, we find out. Before then she didn't know. Nobody knew. Except for Austin, because he's nerds to Domus. So then they travel. Yeah, I knew, I knew over a year ago. (laughs) To the Shattered Sea and the Shattered Sea, like. Yeah, the shattered so great. The shattered sea episode was fantastic. Probably, Look, probably the, the best episode concept by a lot. of the shattered sea. I loved it. Yeah, it was really. Which good is episode. episode seven, so yes. it's the seventh episode. Yes, yeah. And okay. then to get to the immemorial city where the prince is being held, where the prince is being held, is beautiful. And, yeah. And how they manipulate the prince to drink the poisoned water. Anakin, did did you like the show? Yeah. Okay, come here. You're gonna talk since Allison can't. Okay, come here. <laughs> come here, just real. You're just gonna talk for a few I minutes. <laughs> okay, this is my son Anakin. No, no one can say I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> All right, Anakin, come here, come here, so I can see you. Okay, what did you like about Willow? I the would, TV series. Um, I would say, uh. My favorite part was in the end where it had that uh, one thing. Was it called? It's the uh, like the two-headed dragon. Oh, you're talking about the very, oh, very, yeah, very, end. very yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. What were they trying to tease in that? Like there was a giant army ready to go or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. The army of the worm. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. Willow? No, not really. Okay. Thanks, buddy. All right. Give get back to mom. All right. So, but the basic core storyline of the journey and the travel. Yeah. 
fantastic. Unfortunately, what? Uh, 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 I think you were still going for positives. Okay, you have another positive, Jekka? Yeah, Jekka, jump in. So kind of the thing I really, like, I wasn't expecting this, and I actually really liked it. Um, And I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I liked it that Willow was kind of, Willow himself was like a backseat driver, whereas, like, the movie, he was very central. But this one, yeah, I liked it how, I mean, and I say this after watch, like, after seeing Avatar Way of the Water, where they were like, trying to focus on Sully, on the dad, but the storyline of the second Avatar movie was actually about the kids. And Willow, this TV show, like, I was expecting it to be about Willow himself, but it's, he's like kind of a, like, he's still very central and important, but he's like in the back, like, ah, I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Like, he he's still central Laura. and important, but he's not the main event anymore like it's not about him it's about Alora and yep. kit and Graydon and and jade it's about them and willow, i really the next generation yeah yeah it's willow well, the next generation well, but yeah i and, and i liked that about it that um like but, willow was there but they they used willow in a in them. a good way he yeah. he he yeah. was the wise sorcerer that uh that <laughs> Why? That, 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 he was well, the grumpy grandpa. Well, yeah, a little I bit. But, but that that that's an alignment with his character from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, Willow, the the TV series should have been called Alora. That's what it should have been called if they're going to name it after somebody. All right, so so we're talking about the plot. The the main overarching complete. Well, plot. okay, so okay, the, the only. <sighs> Can I say my thing now? finish your thing yeah say say your thing what do you want to say okay so the biggest problem they had though is that they took the plot and they said okay for the individual episodes we're gonna give it to cw writers well yeah and we'll make cw quality (laughs) episodes they didn't they didn't take (laughs) bob is bob is dancing (laughs) you haven't you are completely understating the terrible acting in this entire show. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, plot, the writing, the acting, I swear I couldn't make I couldn't make a more wooden show if I was to give you the chip of thesis. Uh, so, yeah, they they didn't they did not take this genre seriously this willow the movie was was high fantasy it might not have been quite on the level of lord of the rings but it was high fantasy and they did not take this genre seriously uh and they and they produce yeah they produced like a cw teen drama now now but but when, when we go back to the plot i have one question and i've had this since the beginning and i thought i would have it answered why why did they kidnap Eric? Why not Kit? Yeah, what well why not Kit? Why did why did they kidnap them at all? Period. It well, was never explained. Yeah, it's never explained. I think for me cuz I I like to fill in the gaps to kind of give myself answers and I kind of wonder if it's because like they thought Eric was going to be heir to the throne and not Kit. 
Okay, so but, the thing but that then again, it's emphasizing like, for like a bunch of episodes, which I was like, this is really dumb, but, is that they have Bavmorda's blood. But, but, and, and that I think is what infuriated me the most is the whole plot of the show was they're going to rescue Eric, who was kidnapped. And they never once throughout the entire show explain why he was kidnapped to begin with. And and so the whole premises of the show is you're sitting there going, okay, why is anybody doing what they're doing? Like, none of this makes sense. If, well, now I'm wondering. The, the, the only other thought I had was because, yeah, you have to fill in the blanks. Like, maybe they did well, it to try to get Alora Dan in there. But, but here's the thing. If, if if that's why they kidnapped Alora Dannon's lover, then that that seems to say that the crone knew who Alora Dannon was. And so, they didn't. So why why spend the time, energy, and resources to kidnap Eric when they could have just kidnapped Alora Dannon to begin with? Or why not? Jeff? If that's what they were trying to do. Hey, but here's here's a question. Going back to episode one, mm-hmm. which I haven't watched, was it a situation where Eric was the easier one to capture? No. no? Okay. He has significantly less fighting capabilities. And well, that okay. Be it. You like, know, I, I don't know. And, that that just I, thought occurred to me just now as I was like, maybe it was like luck of the draw where it was like, oh, Kit has this crazy person defending her. He's got no one, so we'll get the easier one because he's more easily accessible. Yeah. It could also be kind of like a gender flip thing where it's like instead of like having the princess being kidnapped like always happens, we're going to have the prince this time. Because I, I was fine with it. I was like, oh, yeah, the prince is the one they're trying to rescue now. I kind of like that. But that's an outside of the Willow universe that, explanation. But it doesn't in, make sense in, in the storyline. In the story, there's, there, they never explain anything. So all we are left is this right here. We have to say why and we have to like scratch our heads and try so to fill in the blank they tried to imply and, the it's, ma- the, and it's the entire they were sto- trying the to season. imply the magical ability rested within the blood of Bavmorda. okay yeah but for for what and then kit and eric never had any magical abilities in the show and and one of the things i was wondering and one of the things I was wondering, yeah, but they got to tease it. They have to explain. You can, If you go through an entire season and they never explain the main driving plot of the entire the season. The main MacGuffin. Yeah, then, 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 then you're left going, well, why am I watching any of this if you're not going to explain anything about the story? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, like, why are we risking Alora Dannon? To rescue <laughs> Prince Eric. Yeah, I mean, you gotta... Now, the, the things they did with Willow and Alora Dannon were perfect. They're exactly what should have happened. Except They're... for the one season in the forest with the drinking, that episode well, could just be cut yeah, away. Uh, for those who have not finished Misuse the season, brownies. skip all of uh, episode five. There's really nothing in it at all. It, if anything, it will infuriate you and... Uh, yeah, so it, it it has no value. It has no value. Jump straight to episode six. Um, the like the the show had elements where it was complete trash, and then it had elements that it was really good. Like, yeah, I mean the 
like, like going back, Alora Dan's relationship with Willow and how Willow was trying to help her. I mean, that was like that was perfect. That was exactly what needed to be seen. And honestly, when the show first came on, I'm such a huge Willow fan. It's got it, Willow is what got me into f- the fantasy genre at all. It's 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 why I like Lord of the Rings. It's why I like D and D. It's why I like any of that stuff. Willow is that that gateway for me. And um and and so they did Willow. Uh, and and the Lord Dan and great, but it was like everything else was kind they of just spent like what are too we much doing? time on the teen drama to have any like actual valuable plot, yeah, put in, and that episode five just was like the culmination of all the teen drama mixed with alcohol. I mean the. And, and and this and I think that's what infuriates me is because the the pl- I mean the, the the real plot and synopsis of the show is there's these two girls they like each other but they but one's keep it engaged secret, to and then maybe one likes dude. him and then doesn't like him and and, then, and then that was what the story was between these two characters that weren't in the first movie I don't care about them even remotely what is going on with Alora Dannon and the prophecies. And and the the dream vision that Willow has of this upcoming battle, like they didn't really tease that or give us details. Why are we not? Why, why are the fairies not in it? Why are the fairies not helping? Well, because what? because of money. Yeah, I mean, they. Why don't we have more brownies? Because of money, D, you know, Disney didn't want to fork over money for that stuff. They forked over a lot of money for other things that yeah. they could have cut out. Um, why did we not have a young Nelwyn? Like well, we, obviously, we had Mims. Mims was awesome. Mims was in two episodes. She yeah, and she rocked it. But she wasn't part of the adventuring party. Yeah, no, I agree. Why did we not have a young Nelwyn to be part of the party, going along with what we had? Send Willow with an old dude who dies in the third, the second episode he's in. Why did we not have a young Nelwyn to complete the party? I. Uh... Why aren't we having other like? You know, other parts of the fantasy realm in here. Why are we all focusing on the Daikinis <laughs> yeah, and their the teenage Daikinis. drama? The uh, all of this, all of this, I could overlook, and it wouldn't even my massive complaints about the plot. All of this, I could have overlooked. The one thing I can't overlook is the modern day music in in this that i always pulled yes. me out 100 that i hated it like it was and and i'll say that too like the music i mean you know the willow music i was waiting for the willow theme oh and every so yeah. often i would get i would get teases of it but i didn't get it you know and that's saying a lot because like my biggest beef with the uh, hobbit movies is that it's kind of like reusing all the lord of the rings themes Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I got bored with that. I was like, oh, like, I know what theme's coming up. And that was kind of like overkill. But this one, it was like, you know, I haven't heard, like, Willow, there's so much time between the movie and this TV show. I was expecting that. But yeah, like, the modern music at the end, that killed it. Was, was it Master of Puppets or Sandman? It was well, Sandman. Yeah, there's, there's Sandman. And, and it I'm was like, a version of Sandman. It wasn't the actual Everything song, was though. a cover. Everything was a cover. They yeah. used no original music for those songs. Yeah. And it was all terrible. And this is why I was talking so much about John Williams being like, why did, 
Did they even think to ask? That would have been an investment yeah. in music. Well, okay, so... But, but there's a pattern that's being developed in all of this. Now, prior to the TV show came, coming out, we talked a lot about its you know inception and production and all that stuff. And one of the things they mentioned, and I think this was the right way to go, I just think they didn't do it properly. They talked about how there's so many different... Um, there's so many different, you know, fantasy genre TV shows out right now, and it's getting a lot of attention, and they needed to do something to make Willow seem a little different. And the thing that they were going for was they wanted to make it more family-friendly, which is what uh, the Willow movie was. Like, it was a great family-friendly, high-fantasy movie. But the way they did it was they... they they spent more time, obviously, trying to reach a new, younger demographic and get them into this than actually appease the fans that wanted this to begin with. Well, what they did is instead of differentiating themselves from any fantasy, they made it plain, boring, standard, cookie-cutter fantasy that only the last episodes make it stand out. Yeah, and. I- most fans are dropping out before they can get to the end of the episode, the what, end episode. What I actually want to see is I want to see a fan edit that takes all this and actually turns it into a movie. Cause I think they could cut out a lot of stuff and keep some of the really great stuff because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what happened at the shattered sea between, uh, Alora and Willow and, and their, their stuff. I mean, it was, it was like, ultra awesome i couldn't believe it i i was loving every moment of it uh the the training and all that stuff was just fantastic um and uh yeah i mean i i i think warwick davis played willow perfectly it's like there wasn't uh there wasn't this giant gap like like the the willow we saw in the tv series to me felt like the willow we saw in the movie even Alora Dannon, I thought was fine, even though, you know, they tried to add some CW drama uh, teenish moments to her. But it that didn't, was it, the worst of her. It was when she was CW teen. But it, but it didn't. It, but it wasn't a ton. Uh, Bo- Borman is that his name? Borman was fun. He started out good, and then I turned. To, he turned to a character I didn't like at he, all. He turned into a CW adult. Like he. He he Weird was character. he was the Matt wannabe Mad Martigan. Yeah, he was the like, wannabe Mad Martigan. Role. He was trying to fit in that spot of Mad Martigan because you know, and we're we're still figuring. Like, I still don't feel quite satisfied of the whole Mad Martigan thing and how that all ties together. Yeah, so I hope we get more of that. But yeah, I felt like Borman. I I actually liked him at the start. Yeah, I did too. And then, like the later episode half, five. episode five happened, yeah. and he yeah. turned to junk. It really is episode five like ruined his character. Yeah, because he was doing yeah. great. Like I was happy with him being like a mad a, a mad Morgan stand in. Yeah. And then episode five, it just like killed it for me. And then I was like, okay, now you're trying too hard. Like before, you were doing great, and now you're just not the harpoon in the shattered sea. He takes no effort to aim. He just shoots it randomly as if he's not a trained warrior, which is what he was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, you know, 
the other thing I since we're talking about you know Mad Mardigan esque character, what they did with Mad Mardigan too didn't really make sense too. Like they they basically said that he went into whatever that thing is. They don't even explain what that is. They, they don't say he did. It's just it, it, yeah, and that's the point. They imply that he went in to fight the crone from within while they fought the crone on the outside. But they don't actually explain how Mad Mardigan's sacrifice actually contributes because they don't explain why fighting from within even does anything. And that's where, and this is where I feel like, um, like I would probably be more, or probably as ranting as you, Austin and Amanda, if this was supposed to be one season, um, Here's, I was very pleased to see that they have like three. It's going to be three seasons. Okay, but I'm like, that's okay, what they, they have said. But Disney is losing like millions and millions. I don't know close if they're to, losing. They are losing money on Disney Plus. Well, they are uh, bleeding money on Disney Plus, and there's I'm like, confirming that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I question whether they're going to keep moving on series when they are. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, wow. I, at least Lost. I hope that I ha- at least hope they do season two, even though they like said, oh, three seasons. Like, I hope they at least do a season two because like I feel like that question with Mad Mardigan, I'm like, I hope that gets answered later. So because, yeah, like I according just, to the L.A. Yeah. Times, uh, Disney lost one point five billion dollars. But I don't know. Um, How long ago was that? Was that recent? Yeah, it was in November. So oh, couple, okay. So that months. is recent. so. It are they going to cut well, series? I am, going okay. Forward? They have a. They had an end credit scene. Did you for the last episode? Did you see that, Jekka? Oh, like after the book thing. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the book thing. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah. they show the book, like the book that they keep opening uh, at the beginning of every episode. They show the book being put on the bookshelf, and there's obviously a book one, book two, and book three. What I was confused about. Is is the Willow TV series supposed to be book one, or is the Willow movie book one, and this TV series is book two? Like I didn't quite well, understand no, what is, they're trying it's, to show. It's book one, the season one book one. The yeah, TV you, I, series is volume one, so there's three seasons. You know, I they just got to change the music. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> What were they thinking? You know, I've I've read up on the music, and and uh, John Caston basically wrote that the music is familiar, but there's a little difference to it uh, because it's not sang by the same person. So they basically they wanted covers. Um, I mean, why, yeah. why yeah. even mention that to begin with? Like, why? Wh- I mean, could you imagine if they did that in Lord of the Rings? Like, it it would have been like the end of the Lord of the Rings, like every fan would have revolted and, and boycotted the movie. It would have gone crashing. And yet they do that with Willow. Like it doesn't make so any sense. It, to it's me. a question of how many people watched the series to the end, whether they're going to renew it for a season two, because it hasn't been renewed for season two yet. But, but that's correct. But let, let, let's, let's put things into perspective. Really the, suck if they don't renew it for season two because they've really left it hanging and a lot of questions unanswered. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, but but think about this. I mean, what what was Disney thinking? The the demand for Willow from its fan, from its cultic fans, 
has been ongoing for decades upon decades, like 30 some years. It finally gets a sequel. The, the, and they're like, we don't really want to make it for the fans. And we're not we going to make, make it for it the fans. For someone else. If they made it for the fans, guess what? The fans would have stuck around and demanded a, a second and third season. And 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 now I'm now I'm in a position where I I don't like I I, I I'm going to be honest. I I want more Willow, uh, but I want to see Willow Willow. I don't want to see CW Willow. And 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 this is the this is the weird spot this TV series puts me in. I mean, you know, I've I've said it on many episodes in in, in the past. You know, I uh, at Star Wars Celebration three, I I got to meet Warwick Davis, and you know, jokingly, you know, I kind of asked him like, "Hey, when are we going to get more Willow?" And this was in front of the entire audience because he he brought me up on stage. Like like you know, I I love Willow. Uh, I'm one of these fans that's been demanding it forever. And uh, and I f- we we finally get we finally get a a sequel to the Willow movie, and and it puts me as a, a longtime fan in a position where I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's Chris. This is this is the best analogy I can come with come up with. I feel like I'm at Christmas, and I've been demanding, uh, well not demanding, but I've been pleading with my parents for a certain Christmas present. And they get me, they get me the Christmas present, but they accidentally get me like the off brand, the Walmart brand. Yeah, they get me the off brand. It's not, it's, it's, it's so, so I'm the kid. Walmart Legos. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the kid. Signature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Signature Legos. I'm the kid. (laughs) I'm the kid that's left with these grinning parents that feel so proud. They're so grateful to give me the present that I've been asking for, and I have to kind of pretend in a, a certain way, like. Like, oh yeah. Oh yes, thank you. I but I you know, I'm I'm put in that awkward position where I get what I want and I've been asking for all, all this time, but it's not quite right. <laughs> and that's what I feel like with the Willow TV series. Uh so Well, it reminds me know. of like all the drama going on with The Witcher and how there's a lot of rumors that the writers didn't like their source material. And it makes me question, did the writers not uh, like Jonathan Kasdan wrote the Willow series, but did he write each episode? Cause it doesn't feel like it. And they Hollywood is yeah. frequently used, uses other writers as well. So how many writers did it have? And how many of them were hired from the CW? Willow TV series, yeah it it got now, now I'm confused by this. It got it got gigantic. It got great ratings from critics. Like well, that's it, because they don't know the source when, material. When it first came out, when the critics reviews first came out, it was like all like ninety percent plus on Rotten Tomatoes. Right now it's at eighty six percent, but it's uh, it's sitting with fans on Rotten Tomatoes at a fifty nine percent. Well, when I watched the I first know. episode, I had a lot of hope for the series. Yeah, yeah. I was very hopeful. I gave it great reviews when it first came out. Those are all gone. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the, the beginning part was really good. Middle part, you know, episode five, like it, it slowed, got really slow in the middle part. But then, yeah, that that Shattered Sea episode just pulled it back around again. It did, and, and the great concepts in the finale, like yeah, I thought like 
really well done how the crone manipulates people. I thought that was fantastic. I, yeah, sorry. But the music still ruins those moments. See, now you guys get what I meant by Rings of Power, right? Because that was my biggest complaint with Rings of Power was the music. I was like, I wanted good quality music and I wasn't getting it. So now you get what I was saying. I'm not crazy. But they weren't doing modern music with drums and and, uh, guitar and all that. Yeah. Uh, Still, it wasn't like. Uh, yeah, no, that last episode, like, I mean, they, you know, there was that one part where they're standing on the edge of the shattered sea, and it, like, Willow's like, I'm going home. And I was like, he's going to come back. He's going to go over the edge. And I was just kind of like, I wonder when he's going to come back and show up and kind of, like, start, join, like, join the fight. And I really liked where he did it when, like, Alora was in her vision thing. Like, on her like spoilers <laughs> i guess we're beyond that <laughs> yeah um but like where she's in her little vision thing and the crone's tempting her and she's like like it's like she's getting married kind of thing uh-huh. and then willow shows up i was just like yeah i, I really like that <laughs> that was that was such a cool way to like him walk in and enjoy the fight i really liked that i uh so okay so I, I somehow missed this in the last episode. So I'm going to ask about it because it seemed really, really weird and far-fetched how they did it. So the one dude that I can never remember his name because he's so unlikable for me in the series. Which one? Um, The prince of the other kingdom. Oh, Graydon? Graydon. He's like my favorite. I like him. Yeah, uh, I never connected with him. I guess part of it was the forced drama that they kept shoving on him that made me go, this is BW drama. Anyway, so they leave Graydon for dead and they don't even try and bring back the heir to the throne of another country to prove how he died and talk about like the great thing. (laughs) They leave him there. but didn't he get obliterated? Because it looked like he he exploded and got sucked into the thing. Um, yeah, like he, he got he, obliterated. He's he's in the thing, but did he like? I missed that part. I looked down for a second and missed. But yeah, it. no, no, he got like, because because Alora, that's why she went to, went to the thing. But it was like he got like obliterated and then sucked into it, and then mm. it's at the very end you find out like the vision thing that Anakin mentioned. Um, that's when it's like, oh, Graydon's still alive, which I was relieved about. I was like, Graydon better not be dead because he's like my favorite. <laughs> I'm like, I like him the most. And now he is the villain. So. No, so- not the villain. I think oh, he's like. He is a um, villain. Yeah, I don't know. He's not the overarching series villain, but he's going to be the villain for the next yeah. season if yeah. that happens. Okay, so, so. So many more things to say, but I'm going to say two <laughs> more things. Stop, Amanda. Get out of here. Um. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you distracted me, and now I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Okay, part of the reason why I brought Allison and Anakin, my kiddos, on is because they both enjoyed it, and and I really wanted to know why because I thought it was pretty obvious. Like I mentioned earlier, that this show was meant for not long time Willow fans, but for a new generation. Uh, well, I it, it seems to have connected with at least my kiddos and the, and the younger folks, which is maybe who this was written for. 
But there's but the, a reason CW is popular with the tweens and teens. But the but the second thing I wanted to mention is I, you know, we, we've already kind of talked about this a little bit. I don't know if this generated what Disney was looking for to create more Willow seasons, and so that puts me. As a fan, a longtime fan of Willow, in a position where I have to now grieve uh, the loss of Willow again. Um, like, is this the last time we will have Willow content? Uh, and I remember thinking when I came out of uh, the most recent Terminator movie, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the one that didn't do nearly as well as they were hoping. Is this the very last time we'll ever see a Terminator film on the big screen? And I and I remember sitting at the end of the theater, just kind of soaking in the the end credits. You know, the the white the white names scrolling upward on the screen. I'm just thinking to myself, this might be the last time I'm ever in a theater for a Terminator film. And I just hadn't had to sit in that moment. And now I'm recognizing that with Willow, like this this hurts me. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's it's brutal. It hurts. Disney. Disney, you hurt me. Disney hurt should me. have never bought Lucasfilms. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Anyway. I, final thoughts. My final thoughts are I see the potential they have. And what breaks my heart the most is how they squandered the great potential they had. Yeah, they had a high fantasy world. I, uh, D and D need to make even, some of that fantasy. I'm not even money. talking about the high fantasy world that they have. Like they, they, they had a plot line that could have been amazing, and they could have chose a different MacGuffin, which probably would have been a better way to do it. And they squandered the potential. And that's my final thought. I haven't finished the series yet. I've watched <laughs> about half of it. You just still finish You're it. Still just, here. Skip, just skip five. Skip, skip episode five. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I've got about ten minutes left on episode four. Um, <laughs> but um, everything you guys are saying are things that I can agree with, like from the from the quality of the episodes and the in the all of that stuff in the music. I, I certainly agree with all of your assessments so far that it's subpar. If they haven't signed a second season, I, I don't know, man, I'd be, I'd be really surprised if they do. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, it's like, I found myself watching episode four and I'm just thinking, this is so generic. They're running around this cast. I, there's nothing that really grabbed my, interest in it and if you guys are saying episode five it turns downhill that just doesn't bode well for me even hitting play but, for the rest of season, season five so is far. like the worst of the downhill yeah and season six picks up no the 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 latter episodes are are better yeah they are better like when, okay. when i got done with with episode seven like i was actually on a little bit of a high going like oh man they they found willow they found what willow's supposed to be and uh, and it and it and it it gave me, it gave me that hope, uh, but but season but episode five skip that. Uh, I I would still say watch it. The, uh, there, there's some good stuff in there still. Just be prepared for CW drama. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, honestly, there there was times when I just fast forwarded through that. It's like, nah, we're skipping, skipping, skipping. But so. um, Christian Slater. Oh, that was good. That episode. was that was that was that was, that was episode six, I think. Yeah, episode. Oh, three. Christian Slater still shows up in this. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there there is some good stuff in the latter episodes. My favorite part is yeah. when Christian Slater says he's Mad Mardigan. He hasn't seen it yet. What like that's the first thing he says. You know what? If, spo- if 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 spoilers ruined it for me, I would have ducked out before the main event. I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, but that's one of that, that was actually one of my absolute favorite parts is when Christian yeah. like, Slater says, "I'm Mad Mardigan," and Kit's looking at him like, "You're a moron." <laughs> yeah, episode five is really the throwaway episode. Nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get and, the brownies in it, and that was just like, "Yay, the brownies!" But they're just like a cameo. Well, but, but you, well, but it's you, a cameo, and it was a terrible cameo. You, you get all of the brownie cameo basically in the trailer. Yeah, so. everything you want out of the brownies is in the trailer. Yeah, and really, it they took what could have been a great cameo, a great um, story moving moment, and they're like, "Yeah, we actually get drunk," which which is a brownie thing, um, and it was just completely a throwaway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I I think. So, we- oh. Um- Go ahead, Bob. If you don't mind, I'd like to throw a couple of words out there. Um, yeah. Honestly, uh, and I'm not sitting here trying to complain about this, um, but it felt like something that you would have watched on Mystery Science Theater 3000 when you were a kid. <laughs> yes. I I thoroughly did not enjoy it. Uh, my kid did, much like most kids. And like you were saying, it's probably it's just aimed at kids. But at the same time, it's it just... It didn't hit all the same notes. Well, like I was, I was saying earlier, it, it, everything just didn't hold up to the quality that I that I want to see. It, it was supposed to be a family show that you have to include adult enter like things that are entertaining for adults, not just kids. If it's a family show that adults can watch, agreed. If only kids watch it, it's a children's show. Hmm. So those are just my thoughts. They're great thoughts. All right, Willow. I hope there's another season. Uh, Warwick Davis, you are amazing. Uh, go watch the movie. It is fantastic. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we're going to be doing an Ant-Man and the Wasp Rewind. So if you have some thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp in preparation for Quantumania, then make sure to leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. And you just might be on the upcoming show. You can also email us some thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search supernerdpodcast. Give us a like, give us a share. But from all of us at supernerdpodcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Bye. Later.